Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That movie quote was by Rick, played by Humphrey Bogart in the movie Casablanca. Folks, do you remember the most recent time when a warm referral, a lead, or an opportunity came your way from your friends or your network? Better yet, when was the last time that you actually shared a warm lead, referral, or an opportunity to someone you know within your network? There's another quote I want to share. Jim Rohn has known to have said, your network is your net worth. Now, I do believe that this is true to a certain extent. I truly believe that your network can be a powerful soil that you cultivate, but who you choose to surround yourself with that's in alignment with your soul, your values, or your vision is what I found to be critical in determining if your network is supporting your growth or depleting your energy. In today's episode, I'm going to dive into the topic of how to create impactful relationships as you cultivate your network or your quote-unquote soil. What's the secret to creating a new and meaningful relationships in your life? I'm also going to share my personal framework that I call the 5WG that has bared so many unexpected fruits throughout the past few decades. What is the 5WG method? Tune in to find out. Let's cue the intro. Welcome to the Boom Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Ye. This show is about how you can thrive. It's when you build success in alignment with your mind, body, and soul. I created this podcast to give you perspectives and frameworks on how to strengthen your mindset and gain clarity in your purpose. It's time for you to live an extraordinary life with vision that you design. Let's get to work. Hi folks, welcome to episode 23 of the Boom Vision Podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur or a leader that's elevating your career, you've probably heard of that proverb that goes, it's not what you know, but who you know. I remember first hearing this back in high school, but when I was in college, a follow-on saying that made me think deeper was, It's not who you know, but who knows you. Folks, when I connect with new coaching clients, I've shared early on why it's important to strengthen your inner world, your mental gym of your imagination, voice, and intuition. This is the inner work that amplifies your outer reality, which could be your business, your career, and your life. I cover these three core pillars in depth in episode two, three, and four. However, what I also share with my clients is the importance of strengthening your outer world, which is your soil, water, and sun. So what do I mean by strengthening your outer world? As a quick recap, what is soil, water, and sun? The soil is the environment that you're rooted in. There's a quote that goes, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. This quote is attributed most often to Jim Rohn. It's who you bounce your ideas off of, your mentors, your inner circle. People that you interact with are all the people that make up your environment or your quote-unquote soil. The second is water. Are you consistently watering your mind on a daily basis to nurture your mental growth? This could be reading a page in a book. It could be listening to a podcast. It could be listening to an audiobook. Whatever it may be, 
Are you consistently watering your mind to nurture your inner growth? And the third is the sun. Where are you getting your sun rays from? What are you doing on an intentional basis to nourish and feed your soul that brings you joy and happiness? So in today's topic, I'm going to share one aspect of how you can cultivate and enrich your soil, your environment, and your network. I want to share with you what I've learned back in college from an early mentor that I'm so blessed to know. He planted a seed in my mind, a framework that has served me many times over. I've since refined this framework to what I call the 5WG. But before I share today's action steps, I love to share my personal story of Mr. Steve Sherrill. So chapter one, act of kindness. This story starts during my freshman year in college when I was up at UC Berkeley. It was two months into my first semester when I got a really strange phone call on my dorm room landline. I got a call from a gentleman in the admissions office of Cornell University. Now to summarize my chat with this guy, he basically said that they were doing a year-end review of all applicants that got accepted, rejected, and the ones that were maybes. When it came to reviewing my application, he said that their office made a mistake. For procedural purposes, can I resubmit an application to transfer because I'll be essentially guaranteed admissions? Now, when I heard this, I was like, wait, is this a prank call? Are you for real? And the guy's like, no, I, I, I wish I was joking, but we really did make a mistake. Do you mind resubmitting? Here's my number. Here's my name, my email. Please resubmit if you would like to transfer to Cornell. And so after a phone call, I remember hanging up and I was like, what just happened? What in the world? I called my parents. I was like, this is the most odd conversation. And I was just sharing them what happened. And so I was like, okay, I just need time to process this. I remember just sleeping on it. So then the following evening, I got another phone call. Now, I think this time my roommate picked up. And so he handed me the phone and said, it's for me. So when I took the phone and said, hello, I heard, hello, is this Ben? I was like, yes, this is Ben. Uh, Who is this? Hey, this is Steve, Steve Sherrill. Mr. Sherrill, how are you? How, How did you get my phone number? Oh, I called home and your mom gave me your dorm number. Wow. Okay. Uh, Steve, how can I help you? Uh, Ben, did Cornell call you back yet? (laughs) Uh, Actually, funny that you say that because they did. I had this weird phone call yesterday and it was the strangest conversation from the admissions office. Oh, good, good. Okay. Because when I called them back to ask about you and they told me you didn't get in, I basically yelled at them saying that if you don't let Ben into our alma mater, I will never interview for you again. And I hung up on them. And I was like, wait, what? I remember pausing for a few seconds because I was just so startled. I was like, Steve, you didn't, you didn't have to do that. I, like, I'm just feeling a host of emotions just even saying this story because I, I have to give you the pretext of why I felt this way. So if I take a pause here, Mr. Steve Sherrill was my interviewer when I was applying for Cornell University back in high school in my senior year. Cornell was actually one of my top schools I really wanted to get into, especially in the hospitality program. And what happened was I was assigned to Steve Sherrill 
when I applied for the school and he was my interviewer, I remember going to his house and sitting down on his couch in his living room and we we're having this interview and about 15 minutes into the interview, there was a doorbell ringing and a knock on the door. And when Steve went over to his front door to open up, he realized, oh my God, he double booked. There was a business meeting that a gentleman came to see him at his house. And so he had to cut my interview short. And so he apologized. He's like, Ben, do you mind if we wrap up this interview on a phone later on after I have this meeting? Unfortunately, I can't cancel this meeting I have now. So I'm going to have to cut this interview short. And so I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And I remember leaving his house. And the first thing that came to mind was like, oh man, that interview probably didn't go that well. And so when I went home, I remember telling my parents how the interview went, but I was like, you know, I don't think the interview probably went that well. Um, maybe we just call the university back and get a different person to interview. And that's what I did. I, I created a story as if the interview went bad. And I called back the uh, Cornell University to ask for a second interviewer, which they assigned to me. But ultimately, I didn't get into the university. So flashback now back to the dorm room. I was so taken back because Mr. Cheryl did not have to go to bath for me. I mean, here's a gentleman that's in his mid-60s at the time. He's probably interviewed over 100 plus different candidates. And quite honestly, I didn't even feel as if I hit that interview out of the park. Like it was just 15 minutes. I remember it was very cordial, but it wasn't something where I was fully confident like, oh yeah, I did really well in the interview. I mean, quite the opposite. I, I felt like I bombed it because it just got cut short and I created this story of mine. But for him to go to bat for me, I mean, I never forgot that, ever. And I never took that for granted. It was an act of kindness that had the most strongest imprint early on in my life. So chapter two, learning from my mentor. So what ended up happening after those series of phone calls? There are several multiple factors that went to this decision, but the long short of it was I ultimately decided to stay at Berkeley. Now I promised Mr. Cheryl that I let him know which way I decided. So I called him back and I told him over the phone that after talking over to my parents and really thinking about this decision, I've decided to stay at Cal. However, I was really taken back by his act of kindness. And I told him, Mr. Cheryl, if you're willing, I would be honored to intern for you this upcoming summer for free. This is the very least I can do to express just how thankful I am that you went to bat for me. You believed in me when I didn't even believe in myself. So can you use the additional help this coming summer? And Mr. Cheryl's like, you know, um, it's been a while since I've had an intern, but sure, if you want to come work for me, why don't you come by my house, in, um, you know, next summer? And that's what I did. So that following summer, actually for two summers in a row, I interned for Mr. Cheryl. Now, through the course of those two summers, yes, I did learn about real estate. I learned about hospitality because he was a hospitality consultant. But the one incident I remember that really left an imprint was, yeah, it was in the middle of the summer, and I remember he was calling an executive at a hospitality company. 
So let's just pretend that the gentleman's name was Mr. John Smith. So he was on his landline at home. He opened up this tan-colored planner that he had, which was basically his Rolodex, right? All of his contacts information was in there. So he flipped open his planner. He looked under John Smith, and then he started dialing his phone and calling his office. And when the person picked up, first thing that Steve said was, Hey, Dorothy, how's it going? Hey, how's your son doing? Isn't he about to graduate high school pretty soon? Yeah, yeah, time just flies, doesn't it? Hey, by the way, I remember you really enjoy Krispy Kreme donuts. I've actually got a voucher here for a free dozen donuts. Do you mind if I actually mail it to you in your office? Great, perfect. Hey, by the way, is John in right now? Yeah, Steve, he actually is. Let me patch it right through. And so when I was listening to Steve talk, I mean, it felt like he knew everyone in town. Everyone he was talking to, he was very cordial. He knew about their background. And I was just in awe watching him work, his magic. And I remember he, on the corner of his eye, he was looking over. And my face was just almost like frozen because I was just like, wow, how does he, how does he know all this? And what he did was when he was on the phone talking to Dorothy, he pointed at his planner. And I looked down and I just froze because in his planner, under the entry of John Smith, he actually had the EA, which stands for executive assistant. He had EA semicolon Dorothy, sons in high school, loves Krispy Kreme. I mean, the guy had a whole system in place. I mean, the best way to describe how shocked I was, it's almost like in the first Matrix when Neo and Morpheus was in that first jump program, right? And Morpheus was telling Neo, just free your mind. And he jumps from one rooftop to another. Neo just looked at him and was like, whoa. That's literally what I did. I was like looking at his planner, watching him talking on the phone. And I'm just like, whoa. Like he had a system and it worked. And so the takeaway from this second chapter I wanted to share is that the amount of effort that you spend and remembering people's names and the details of that first conversation is really a reflection of how much you're willing to care about them. Chapter three, growing fruits. What happens when you implement a system that resonates with you? So I took from what I learned from Mr. Steve Sherrill, that was probably the biggest takeaway I got from interning with him, is that system of how he grew his network. And what I did throughout the years, from my black planner book, to a Palm Pilot, to Blackberries, to my iPhone, my system has evolved over the years, but it stayed consistent. Anytime I met someone where I got their business cards, after that encounter, I would immediately write behind a card the date that I met them, where I met them, and one topic of the conversation I had with them that I remember to jot down. And then once I collected all that information, I get back home, I would immediately enter it into my planner, my Palm Pilot, my phone, whatever it may be. So I could probably spend another hour here telling you how many countless times this system has bared fruit for me. But I'll just highlight one, which is that I ended up actually going to Cornell for grad school. I went through to get a master's in real estate. So after graduating from Cornell, my first job was actually at 
PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, as a hospitality consultant. And I remember it was my first year in a job. I was manning a booth at a hospitality convention. And it was in LA. And there was at least three or four different companies where the executive director or the VP would come up, give me the business card and saying like, hey, if you ever want to work for us, you know, you know give us a call. And so I, I respectfully declined because like, you know, hey, I'm, this is my first year here in a job. I really enjoy it here. But thank you for the kind gesture, right? But I saved all the business cards. And what did I do? I turned it around. I wrote the date. I wrote where I met them and one topic of conversation I had, right? I followed my system. And I remember one of those people was Karen Johnson at Jones and LaSalle. And so a couple days after that conference, I just shot an email to her just saying, hey, it was a really pleasure meeting with you at the conference. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy here at PwC, but I just want to just keep in touch, you know, if you're open to that. And so we just kind of kept in touch. And fast forward a year from that, so I'm closer two years into the job at PwC, I remember I saw in an article on LinkedIn that um, Karen's boss, Art, just got a recent promotion. And so all I did was I copied that article, I forwarded that article to Karen, and I just said, hey, Karen, just saw this on the newsflash. Please tell Art congratulations for me. I hope you're doing well. Take care. And that's it. And I think it was only like a couple hours later, I got a reply back from Karen saying, hey, Ben, are you still in Philly? I was like, yeah, I actually am in Philly right now. Um, hey, I'm going to be there next week for a site visit. Do you want to just meet up for coffee? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. And what ended up happening was I met up with her for coffee and she's like, look, I still want you to work for us. Do you want to come back to L.A.? I really did. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's talk. Let's, I mean, you know, I'd love to talk to your team, your HR. What can we do to make it happen? And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't forward that article when I saw her boss getting that promotion and just reaching out. If I didn't have a system of cultivating my relationships because I cared, I probably wouldn't have that opportunity to have coffee with Karen that morning, which led me to that next job opportunity. And so the takeaway in this chapter three of the story is that when you have a consistent process in how you cultivate your soil, your network, you have a better chance of creating an environment that's conducive and bearing fruit. If you need a case study, I am it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this has worked for me. And it's because I care enough to create a system for me to create a habit. And so for the overall main takeaway I want to share in sharing these three chapters of my personal story is this. When you create a consistent habit on how you mindfully cultivate your soil, you create an environment where a little bit of intention a little bit of kindness, and a little bit of effort can go a long way. So with that said, what are this week's action steps? I mentioned before, over the years, I refined a process. My secret is what I call the 5WG method. 
So what is the 5WG? 5W is who, what, where, when, and why. Remember these five questions when you meet someone new. Who? Who are you? What are their names? What? What is it that they do? What is their interests or their passions? Where? Where did I meet them? Where are they from? When? When did I meet them? When is their birthday? When is their anniversary, their kid's birthday? And why? Why do they do what they do? If you think about these five questions, it's really not that complicated. But the bare minimum that I always jot down is the date that I meet them, where I met them, and one part of the conversation. So of these five, right, you're probably going to get the who because you'll probably get their business cards. But of these five W's, if you at least jot down four, the who is their name, where I met them, when I met them, and one part of the conversation that was memorable. If you just write it down and you create that in your book, in your phone, whatever that works for you, you are creating a habit that you actually care who you meet. That's the five W. Now, what's the G? The G stands for give. G stands for give. A small act of kindness could possibly make the most profound impact on someone that you do not know. So what do I mean by give? Whenever I meet someone new, whenever I have a new conversation, I ask myself these three, three questions that's in my mind. Do I leave this conversation giving that person something new they didn't know? Do I leave this conversation making this person feel better than it did before we started? Or do I leave this conversation making this person feel heard? Through my interaction with this person, if they've learned something new from me, if they felt better than what they did when they, before they started talking to me, or if they felt heard, these are all forms of give that you can do that doesn't take a lot of effort. You just have to care. You have to do it in a way that's authentic and that really integrates with who you are. Now that I've shared my 5WG method, what are this week's action steps? There's three parts. The first one is planting seeds. If you resonate with my method, incorporate this into your habits when you meet new people. When you meet someone new that you feel you have similar energy, vibes, or values, make your best efforts to remember or jot down the four to five W's and consciously think what you can give in that first chat, that first interaction. The second step, water consistently. You can plant seeds all day, but if you don't water them on a consistent basis, they won't grow, right? So what I'd like you to start doing is to reach out to someone in your network just once a week to help you build that momentum in the beginning. Pick a day so it becomes consistent for you, like every Monday or every Friday. In a calm state, just ask yourself, who can benefit from me reaching out? And whoever intuitively pops in your mind, before you consciously think about it, just send a quick text, an email, or even a phone call, and just saying, hey, I just thought about you. I want to get in touch. How are you these days? The third step is the sun. What brings you joy? Now, this last tip is going to be really important. As you consciously create a new habit in planting new seeds and watering them, 
bring awareness of who really has intentions of supporting you versus depleting your energy. I naturally give more than I take. So I gravitate towards people that have similar values and actions. They give more than they take. But since I'm also more sensitive to energy, I tend to keep an arm's length away from people that take way more than they give. I've had to learn this the hard way over the years. And so one thing I keep note is when I feel exhausted after talking to someone. That's my indication that there's really no energy flow. There's no balance or rhythm in this conversation or this interaction that's making me feel grounded or nourished. So I just take a mental note of that. And I'd like you to be more mindful of that as well when you bring more awareness of how you're cultivating your soil, your environment. So final thoughts for today's episode. There's a quote I want to share. The language of friendship is not words, but meanings. This quote was by Henry David Thoreau. How I interpret this quote is that true friendship is built from exchanging of meanings, not words. It's not only what you say. It's the actions that follow that give those words meaning. No matter how well-spoken someone may be, it's the conversations that were meaningful to me are the ones that I always remember. Can you all relate to that? And so the final story I want to share with you is that over Memorial Weekend, I took my whole family to Ojai. It's one of the places we love because of the energy there. And so I, my wife always enjoys the farmer's market. And there's this really famous olive oil farm that we always love to go. And so it was a Sunday. We decided to make a day trip out of it. So I packed the whole car and we went. And we first went to the farmer's market. Then we went to the park with the kids. And then we had lunch. And towards the afternoon, we were about to head out to the olive oil farm. And as we're walking towards the car, I had this intuitive thought that came to me. It's almost like this voice that said, go buy two bottles of red wine. I was like, I was a little confused because I'm I'm like, okay, I don't usually buy wine all the time. But I told my wife, like, hey, honey, um, can we stop by the market and buy two bottles of red wine? They have these wine that are made from organic grapes that I like. So do you mind if we just make a pit stop? I remember my wife turning around, tilted her head, eyebrow raised. (laughs) She's like, really? And I I just did this gesture where I'm pointing at the sky, I'm pointing at my head, and I'm like, yeah. And and she knew what I was talking about because basically it's my intuition is telling me I should go there. So she's like, okay, well, all right, kids, let's go to the market. So... Brought my whole family to the market, went to the wine section, picked out a cab and a Pinot Noir, both made from organic grapes. And I went to the cash register and there were two registers that was open. And so I went to the one on the right and there was this lovely lady that rang me up. And so I put my two bottles down. She was scanning it and she asked for my birthday. And so I told her my birthday. And there was like a two-second pause. And because I had a mask over my mouth, I thought she didn't hear my birthday. So I said, oh, my birthday is this. And so I said it again. And she said, I don't know. I I heard you the first time. You have the same birthday as my brother. I was like, oh, okay. He's got a great birthday, right? And I could have just stopped the conversation there. But something was nudging me to 
continue on talking. So I was like, okay, well, so I asked her, so how old's your brother? And she said, actually, my brother passed away. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. It's, um, it was just interesting because earlier in the day, someone called me just asking about my brother. And so I just gave her this warm smile and I was like, yeah, don't you just love the synchronicities? And I remember she said, yeah. And I could see that she was feeling, starting to get emotional. And she said, I think just meeting you with the same birthday, it's also just giving me positive affirmations. And I, in that moment, I just felt this message I just want to share with her, which was like, you know, your brother's being taken care of. And she just gave me this smile and she just said, thank you for being kind. And I just looked back at her. I was like, you know, absolutely. And before I left, I just asked her, do you mind if I ask what your brother's name was? And she told me his name and I told her, I'm going to keep him and you in my prayers tonight. And she just gave me this smile and said, thank you. And so as I picked up my bottles of wine and as I was walking out the market, I remember just looking up. I was like, okay, I understand why you wanted me to go there now. And as we were walking to the car and as we were driving to the olive oil farm, that's when I shared the story with my wife. And so she reacted, oh, yeah, you needed to be in that market. It's a good thing you followed your intuition. And so... Why am I sharing this story with you? The takeaway I wanted to share is that a small act of give, of kindness, it can go a long way. It doesn't take much to be kind. All it takes is a little bit of intention and a little bit of effort. I love to hear your thoughts. Send me a DM on Instagram at Benjamin Ye or leave me a comment and review on Apple Podcasts if you resonate with today's episode. Does this 5WG method work for you? Or do you have another method that you like to share that's been effective in how you cultivate your soil, your network? If you haven't already done so, I would love for you to hit the subscribe button to this Boom Vision podcast so that we can grow together. Share this episode with your family, friends, or your team that can really benefit from building new relationships in a meaningful way. There is so much going on in this world right now. Our society, our community can really benefit with more light and more kindness. Until next time, folks, be kind to yourself. Be in the light. Be you. Thank you so much for tuning in to my Boom Vision podcast. If you'd like to find out more about me in this podcast, head over to benjaminye.com. That's spelled B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-Y-E-H.com. If you haven't already, click subscribe and I'll catch you next time.